0: Welcome to Life Changing Moments, a podcast dedicated to telling stories from all sides of healthcare. In this series, we'll use real stories to explore how the life changing medicine we provide at UPMC can be broken into moments that, for better or worse, leave a lasting impact on those around us. Almost everyone has a personal story about healthcare, and each story is made up of small moments, sometimes seemingly insignificant interactions, that can make or break an experience. In this series, we're going to hear from UPMC staff about their experiences with healthcare and the subtle moments that completely change their experience. The patient experience is absolutely inseparable from the outcome. Life-changing medicine must be accompanied by a life-changing patient experience. In our introduction, we have a line that I really like. Each story is made up of small moments, sometimes seemingly insignificant interactions that can make or break an experience. If this series could be summed up in one sentence, that would be it. How often do we think that the things we do will be included when our patients tell their stories years from now? Any of us, in any role, can find ourselves in someone's story without even realizing it. And a cancer diagnosis like the one UPMC Altoona Bedford's Georgiana Harrell's dad faced, There are a lot of little moments from a lot of different people that truly shape how someone perceives their care. Here's Georgiana.
1: My story is about my father, Dennis Rourke. Before I get to the main part of the story, I need to share four key facts with you so that you truly understand why my story was so powerful to me and my family. So my dad actually goes by Butch. He grew up in a large family with eight brothers and four sisters. That equates to a lot of nieces and nephews. My dad is 79 years old, and he's stayed in the same town his entire life. So our house was always kind of the gathering spot for family reunions and picnics and weddings. Many of my cousins have told me over the years that my dad is their favorite uncle. I think it's because my dad always takes time to get to know everybody. He knows all the nieces, the nephews, their children, their spouses. He's really the patriarch of our extended family. And speaking of family, we have a really large Irish family, Um, and with all the good and all the bad that comes from having a big Irish family, one of the things um, that we love to eat. And there have been jokes that we don't get together to enjoy each other's company, but we get together to enjoy each other's food. My dad is a true foodie. My dad was a foodie before it became invented on the Food Network. While many people eat for various reasons, my dad eats because he truly loves food. He loves ethnic food, different seasonings. There's, there's nothing that he will not try. If they ever start a Pennsylvania version of diners, dive in, drive-ins, and dives, my dad would be the host. He knows more places to eat in these little burgs in Pennsylvania than I, I can even begin to imagine. He has a rating system, and you're either pretty common, above average, are the best ever and there's been a lot of best-ever meals from my dad so much so that about a year and a half ago my dad was diagnosed with diabetes. Um, My dad actually worked with our diabetic educator at UPMC Bedford, Tammy Payne completely changed how he ate, completely changed his lifestyle. My dad's lost 60 pounds and at Christmas he told us he was in the best shape of his entire life. Another thing you have to understand to really appreciate my connect to purpose about my dad is his voice. My dad has a voice that fills the room. He was a teacher for over 35 years. He was also a football coach for our local high school. And then after teaching, my dad started a second job and he was, um, did group sales for an investment group and specialized in conducting large group meetings. He just retired from that at age 78. He can project, he has it down to a science, and he's the all-time MC in our small town and at our church. But while my dad's voice is important, what my dad says is more important. Dad has the ability to say the right thing at the right time, dispense a pearl of wisdom, take the drama level down in a conversation, and smooth things out for people. He has the ability to connect with those people he talks to. He's a great communicator. And the final thing you have to know to understand my connective purpose is, my family has an ugly history with cancer. Two of my dad's siblings died of colon cancer. My dad has had skin cancer three times. He also had Hodgkin's lymphoma 16 years ago. He had six months of chemo and 35 radiation treatments. Another brother just finished chemo and radiation to treat Hodgkin's, and a niece died with Hodgkin's about 40 years ago. I have another aunt that has melanoma, and a niece died from pancreatic cancer just two years ago. So my family understands firsthand how tough a cancer diagnosis and treatment is. So I tell you these background facts to help you really put the next piece of my connect-to-purpose story in the right framework. This past February, my dad had a nasty case of strep. He complained about his throat hurting, but he kept saying how his entire mouth hurt. After he completed two courses of antibiotics, he still complained of pain. His PCP sent him to a local ENT for further eval. He was treated for thrush, he gargled with various concoctions, both prescribed and homemade, and he still kept complaining of pain, especially around his tongue. In mid-May, during a dental visit, What was described as a tiny lesion was noted at the base of his tongue during an exam, and my dad had a biopsy. The biopsy results came back, and we were told at his follow-up appointment that he had an oral cancer, and that he needed surgery to remove part of his tongue. He was told that all the lymph nodes in the left side of his neck would need removed due to his history of Lohodgkin's lymphoma, coupled with the tongue cancer diagnosis to see if the cancer had spread. He was told he could possibly need a trach and probably a feeding tube. He was advised that he needed to schedule surgery very soon. And we left that doctor's office and I have never seen my dad so defeated. He turned to me and he said, they're gonna remove my tongue. I'm not gonna be able to eat, to talk. I'm gonna have to have chemo again and I can't do this. I felt terrible, I felt numb, but I told my dad, I said, I know some people We'll figure this out, give me some time to make some calls and we're gonna get a plan. So I called a lot of you in this room for advice on where to go, what to do, what to expect, what to ask. And I wanna thank so many of you for your kindness and your assistance and your patience and guidance. So we ended up deciding to come to Presby and there actually was a decision process with this because my sister is a speech language pathologist down in the Baltimore area and has some ties with Hopkins. But ultimately, we decided to go with UPMC, partly because I'm the older sister and I usually win those arguments. Secondly, because my dad has a high level of confidence in UPMC. That's where he's been receiving his health care and at Altoona Regional, um, our predecessor before we joined with UPMC. So we chose Dr. Kim as our surgeon at Presby. Many of you vouched for him and told me he was the best, and that's what I wanted for my dad. Rick Kidwell actually reached out to Dr. Kim. Rick's in our corporate risk department, and he left him know that I worked here at UPMC, and I would be bringing my dad in for a surgical opinion, and I thank Rick so much for that. I went with my dad to the initial office visit. Dr. Kim came in, examined my dad, sat us down, and explained everything that he would be doing. He showed us a picture. He said he would have to remove part of the tongue, but he felt he would be able to spare enough tissue to still allow my dad to speak and eat somewhat normally. He told him if he had any kind of deficit, we could look at speech therapy. He explained why he had to remove the lymph nodes, he talked about how big the neck incision would be, and he told my dad he would go home with drains for a time. That was a big conversation and a lot of information from my dad that day, but then something really good happened in the office that really helped my dad look at this experience differently. Bill is a member of Dr. Kim's office staff. He's the scheduler there. We had to have additional testing done before we could have the surgery. When we got to Bill's test desk and he made all the arrangements, he started to give us directions where we would go in Presby for these tests. I explained to Bill that I would not be coming on the testing day, but my dad would be coming with another family member, and Bill did the nicest thing. He said, he told my dad, he said, you know what? He said, you know where you're coming to get to this office. He said, just come back here that day. And he said, I'll walk you over to the testing department so you can get those tests done. To my dad, that was priceless. Someone cared about him and was gonna take him over to get his test. So finally, we come to Pittsburgh for our surgery day. We reported to Presby at the appointed time and we met the anesthesiologist, Dr. Beeman. Dr. Beeman was wonderful. I was very worried about anesthesia. So you have to know I'm the risk manager, even though the sign said director of nursing, that was in a past life. But um, risk managers are paid to worry and paid to fret, and I'm very good at that. So I was really worried about anesthesia. My dad's diabetic. He has a history of hypertension. He also has a thoracic aortic aneurysm um, that isn't big enough to fix yet. Um, he has a, one of his football player necks that are usually very problematic with anesthesia and airways, so I was very nervous. Dr. Beeman listened to all my concerns, discussed his plan, pulled up the CT films to check the size of the aneurysm. He didn't get defensive. He didn't get short. That meant a lot. Dr. Kim then stopped him before the surgery, told us again everything he would do, and told us he would keep us in the loop. The surgery was long, it was about five and a half hours. Dr. Kim came to us after, said that it went well. He felt my dad would be able to eat soft foods eventually and speak normally, although his mouth would be sore for some time. He said the neck dissection was pretty extensive, but dad did well. Dr. Beeman then came in next and he did something really special. He snuck this former ICU nurse back into the PACU at Presby so I could see my dad with my own two eyes. I could look at his vital signs, his heart monitor, and know my dad was okay. That too was priceless. After PACU, they moved my dad to 8 West. Um, The nursing team there was excellent. And again, for those of you who don't know me well, me saying that something was excellent, that really means it was excellent because I'm not easy to impress. But those, those people really impressed me. They were wonderful. Melissa was the first nurse we met. She oriented my dad to the unit, gave him pain meds, got him another blanket, made sure he had a call bell, and told him not to get out of bed without assistance. She was confident, reassuring, organized, and focused. I was glad she was our immediate post-op nurse. Michelle was another nurse on the team. She was so kind, and she was the best listener. She really talked to my dad um, about his foodie fears, as we called them, and what he'd be able to eat. She even shared crock pot recipes with him because so the the food would be the right consistency. She was very special. Carrie was special and she was my favorite for probably very selfish reasons. Carrie was our night shift nurse. She came on at seven o'clock that night. She was so engaged with my dad during the bedside handoff and so focused. Around 9 o'clock, Carrie came in to talk to me. She said, you look really tired. She said, I heard you say you're staying at the hotel right down the hill. She said, why don't you go ahead, go home and get get down to the hotel and get some rest. She said, you're right down the hill. I have a late assignment. I'm going to really keep a close watch on your dad. And she also gave me her phone number. And she said, if you have any questions, you can just call up and get a, a report on him. Do you guys realize what a big deal that was to me that day? You see, I found out that it was easier to take three small children to Disney than it was to bring two parents out to Presby for surgery. And I'm not exaggerating that um, because I've taken the three small children to Disney. My mother is a significant fall risk, and she's um, one of those fall risks who won't admit she's a fall risk, so we won't use a cane, we won't use a walker, and God forbid, we would never get in a wheelchair. So navigating Presby was a little tough. Um, There was also the high stress of the day, plus I had been awake for a really long time, because you have to know that my dad is old school, and if you have an appointment, you should show up a half hour early prior to the appointment. Our reporting time to same day was 5 o'clock. So my dad thought we should really be at the surgical area at 4.30, and he felt that we should be at the doors of the main hospital by 4 because we would need to find where we were going. So we had compromised, and I had told them 4.30. I lied. I said, Ubers don't start till 4.30, and we needed an Uber to take us up the hill. So I was in the adjoining hotel room from my parents, and around 3.15, I heard a lot of noise over there, and I got up and I went over. Um, My mother was up, showered, and dressed. My dad was up and ready, and the bed was even made. I said, it's 3.15 in the morning. Like, we don't have to be there till 5 o'clock. Why are you guys up? And my dad gave me one of those pearls of wisdom for time management, I'll just share it with all of you. He said, you don't always have to show up for something looking like you were just dropped on the roof by a parachute. <laughs> so remember that when you're, when you're planning your time for a meeting. So after I stopped laughing, I got ready and we went to the hospital at four o'clock like my dad wanted to. So suffice it to say, at nine o'clock at night when Carrie came to me and said, I have this. I can care for your dad and I'll let you know if there's a problem. That was the best gift ever. I will always be grateful to Carrie that I was able to leave and get some much needed sleep that night. Susan was the nurse who discharged my dad the day we got to leave the hospital. She did a great job with discharge teaching, and she was so concerned that my parents would know what care was needed and that they had everything to be successful at home. There were so many other people who interacted with my dad on 8 West too, and I apologize for not knowing their names from the speech therapist who administered a swallowing test to the physical therapist who showed him exercises to the dietitian and the dining hostess who helped my dad choose food to meet his dietary needs you were rock stars to my family you helped my dad do well and he went home later that week so my sister and I did a handoff Thursday morning cuz I'm a good nurse and I was, I was leaving and my sister was staying for a few days. And I had talked to them Friday morning. So I was a little surprised Friday at work at 4.30 when my phone rang and I saw my parents' phone number. So I'm the risk manager. I picked it up and I said, what's wrong? And my mom was on the phone and she was laughing. And she said, there's absolutely nothing wrong. She said, we just got off the phone with Dr. Kim. And he called us to say that your dad's pathology results are back. And there's no spread of cancer into the lymph nodes. So that was such awesome news, and especially awesome to get that on a Friday afternoon at 4.30 from the surgeon calling the patient directly. That made such a difference for us, and not just us, but a huge group. So remember that big Irish family I told you about? My sister and I started posting and texting and and all the things you do to spread news, and by six o'clock, 90 people knew that my dad did not have a spread of cancer and would not need chemo and did not have to go um, through a worst cancer journey. That was huge. So the final piece of my story. So I started with a Penn State fight song and I told you I would tie that in. My dad's been a Penn State fan his whole life. He's had season football tickets for 51 years. And at the end of the 2016 season though, my dad and his brothers gave the tickets up because they said they were getting older and they felt they couldn't go to all the games. So do we have a picture we can put up? So during one of our long hospital days, my dad told me that he really regretted giving up those tickets. And he said he really would like to get the family and the ones that could go and go back to Penn State. So his surgery was in June. By mid-August, I felt he was doing pretty well. So I wanted to see if we could set up this Penn State day. I found with some creative planning, cooperation from your kids for scheduling, and the help of StubHub, you can buy eight tickets, eight rows up from the field, get a reserved parking spot in the lot beside the stadium, and take an old guy for an early Christmas present. This picture's my dad, myself, my sons, my husband, my aunt and uncle. We went to the Kent State game a couple of weeks ago. We actually had two tailgates. We made the most of our day. We had breakfast and supper. And we ate a lot, talked a lot, and laughed a lot. And my dad told me on the way home it was the best ever. I discussed with my dad that I would be sharing his story here today. And I asked him what he would wanna say to the leaders of UPMC to help you understand what mattered most to him. And this is what he said. Please tell everyone that what they do really matters, that what they say really matters, and how they do it and how they say it is everything to their patients. And please thank them from the bottom of my heart. Thank you for letting me share our story here today.
0: You've been listening to Life Changing Moments. If you have a story of your own, we'd love to hear from you in our Yammer group, Life Changing Moments. You might even find yourself in an episode of your own. In the Yammer group, you can connect with your coworkers to see how they're creating an exceptional UPMC experience and share your thoughts on each episode. For more information on how you can create a better UPMC experience for our patients and your colleagues, search UPMC experience on InfoNet. Life-changing moments are everywhere. What part will you play?